Welcome to The Obsession Digression. A podcast that explores all the cultural things we're obsessed with. I'm Sam Benarchik. And I'm Katie Walker. Yeah. Katie, what? <laughs> I have to tell you, a st- I have a, like a serious story to tell you. That was like, I felt like I was being scolded. Yeah, no, like, I, hey, this is a scolding hey. story. <laughs> listen, listen, Sam, damn it. Uh, no, I'm just I'm channeling Danny DeVito in the movie we're talking about today, That's Renaissance true. Man. Who I feel like in turn was channeling Whoopi Goldberg in Sister Act 2. That could just be me. <laughs> I think that's entirely you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I mean, it's fair. But we'll explore that thesis later today. Um, oh, I have many thoughts about Sister Act 2. <laughs> so. Can't wait. <laughs> Okay, but back to you scolding me into listening to your story. Listen to this story. Um, (laughs) Yo. So it kind of reminds me just randomly of um, in one of the earlier Zelda games when um, when the the fairy that follows you around, I've like totally forgotten her name. Um, She goes, listen, whenever there's like a clue nearby. She's like really, really aggressive about it. I'll think of her name later. I, I'm ashamed that I can't think of it right now. Um, <laughs> Wait, did you ever end up getting your Zelda tattoo? No, I did not. I just have not had time. That's the thing is like getting a tattoo is just like, uh, you know, like a whole afternoon investment. So mm. did I tell I, you I got a tattoo? You did tell me. Well, you haven't told us about what it is or what happened. <laughs> you, so. <laughs> I said, you told me, but you haven't told us. Us, yeah. Speaking, <laughs> speaking on behalf of our handful of listeners. So tell me, so tell us, tell okay, us here's, what happened. Here are, like the, here are the deets. It's not as expensive as I thought it was going to be. That's great mm-hmm. news. Uh, every person I talk to who got a tattoo is always like, you, the first question someone asks at a party is like, oh, how much did it hurt? And everyone goes, ugh, it didn't actually hurt that much at all. You barely feel it. Katie, it hurts like a motherfucker. Like, <laughs> it hurts so much. Where, I don't know if I just it? have no pain threshold or if it was particularly like painful area. So it was like just below, just south of, okay, not south. Hmm. How to describe? It's the it inner back. bicep. So we're talking oh, upper okay. arm. So when I say south of bicep, I don't mean down to my forearm. I mean like mm-hmm. down to that like fleshier area right under the bicep. Ooh, okay. That I think would hurt. That sounds I know. like a... I was breathing like a woman who was in Lamaze <laughs> class. You know, like it was... <laughs> yeah, I was like... <laughs> This is terrible for radio. I'm so sorry to everyone whose headphones are in right now. But that's all. It's all good. Um, yeah, it was so, bad. Okay, but I love it, it. It's um, it's like a fragment of a longer James Baldwin quote that has a lot of personal meaning for me. So what is the quote? Well, should I say it or is it like a mantra? Chakra? Chakra? Mantra? I think. Wait. Um, which do you not say? Uh, wait, isn't it mantra because like people steal other people's mantras? Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So if you don't want it stolen, I, I absolutely get that. Um, it, this phrase, this fragment has become a mantra for me in okay. my life. I would say over the Fair last enough. couple of years. So yeah. All right. none of anyone's business. I, I totally get that. Um, I, I respect But I love that. it. <laughs> and I have words. to say. You have words on your arm. Yeah. No, no. It's, it's words. And do the words get like when you flex is it like do they move <laughs> no like that's why i did it <laughs> that's why i did it blo- <laughs> like the flag that you can make the wave mermaid? yeah oh. 
yeah, so what I didn't get words. What I actually just got was um uh just a giant pinup model. She's topless. It's yes. uh it's really classy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and as you age and get flabbier, like she mm-hmm. too ages. She with too you. ages along with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's why I put it on the skin below the bicep so that it wouldn't like stretch out as I continue to bulk up, you right. know, so. Right. <laughs> um, I will say, though, I'm, I know like from the jump, I just want to talk about how much it hurt, but I don't want that to dissuade you because as soon as I finished, I was like, I want to get seven more tattoos. Though. I know. And I'm going back after I get back from Chicago to get a second one. <laughs> Dang, that was quick. Yeah. So I think you will have no regrets about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I love my tattoo. I, I like it a lot. I can't see it, but it, I know it's there, and I feel cool that it's there. Um, Can I tell you something, though, that my friend told me? This is yeah. very apropos, because you're getting the hearts, right, from Zelda? Mm-hmm, but they're pixelated. They're not, like, a normal heart. That's fine. I He told me he got a tattoo that he has four tattoos, and they're all black except one is a mix of black and red. Mm-hmm. And his tattoo artist told him that red is the most painful color to get. Yay! And I don't know why. <laughs> why? I don't sense. know. I was like, how does your skin know what color it is? Uh, um, did but you he said know? it did hurt more than black. Did you know that redheads are more susceptible to pain? Like, we have a lower pain threshold. Did I no. tell you this? Yeah, because our we have all recessive genes, and one of them is the like pain tolerance <laughs> gene. So Wait, just that's like, a gene. Yeah, I or it's something. It's an attribute of some sort. I've totally read this though. Um, when I was in high school, I won a speech contest on the history of redheads. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it was not narcissistic at all. Just no. Really, just <laughs> disinterested. Um, I also feel like there has to be though balance out like some chemical that women have that make them stronger than men because I feel like all our women vaginas have a like much just higher... open up. Yes, and a baby you comes take out. metal objects into it on the regular. <laughs> well, not the right. You know what I mean. <laughs> That was a strange way to phrase that. Yeah, really checkups and yeah, you have babies and like. You get your ears pierced, like you're constantly getting, like, you know, like that's a lot. That's true. Maybe, okay, ears pierced yeah. probably does not rank with the rest of them. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I got mine pierced when I was a baby, so I, I did not remember it. But um, <laughs> no I did memory. get my, the, I mean, the worst pain I ever felt was when I got <laughs> this my was belly button pierced. This was just at, at a, like, <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, <laughs> I remember my sister saying that too, where she was like, I was, I think we went with her when she got up here. Oh. And her face was expressionless when it happened. And then she was like, that hurts so bad. And I was like, well, how, how did you do that? Yeah. Because no, <laughs> I have I, no poker face about pain. Like, <laughs> I look like such a baby. Like, even when I get like my blood taken or get like, I got like a flu vaccination and I made this like wincing face and sound the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Such I cannot. I can't. I mean, we talked last time about when I ran away because I was in the prospect <laughs> of getting That's right. Um, uh, okay, but we have to get to the story that I demanded we Oh, have right, right. To. Yo. <laughs> Listen. Okay, so this happened a few weeks ago, but it's still like stuck with me in certain ways. Um, it's so, haunted you? Um, it's, it has haunted me. <laughs> Because it was like a, a true test of character. Uh, okay, so I was driving home, and Ryan was like five minutes behind me. Like we'd gone somewhere together, but in separate vehicles. 
And he was like, not too far behind. Okay. So that's just like the setup of the story. And okay. uh, on our way home, we drive by a nursing home. And it's, it's like broad daylight. This is not late at night or anything. Uh, so I turn the corner and I see like kind of hiding in these bushes, uh, an elderly woman in a wheelchair. And she looks what? so happy. She looks like wait, wait, wait. so happy. I'm so sorry. What time of day is it? It's like 4 or 5 p.m. It's not late at all. Okay. But, she's, um, like, she looks like she's hiding? Yes. Or just happens to be parked behind a bush? She is uh, clearly hiding. Uh, <laughs> because then like a minute later, I pass like just maybe 10, maybe even 15 nursery home workers frantically running around. <laughs> and what is so obvious is that, <laughs> is that she, she has escaped. <laughs> So, <laughs> I'm like, so she's I don't know how to feel right now. I know. And here's the thing. At that moment, um, like, I, I grasped what had happened. Like, when I saw the, the older woman, I was like, oh, maybe she's in trouble. Like, maybe I should turn around and help her. But then when I saw the, you know, people at the nursing, nursing home freaking out, I was like, oh, my God, like she really is missing, you know, and I, I know where she is. I know. Oh and God. so then I had this moment of like, do I tell them? Because it would be such an easy thing to roll down my window and say, yo, two blocks in a yeah. bush, you know, like she's just back tucked a little bit away, but she's visible from the road. Do I do that? And, you know, uh, solve that problem. Okay, that's truly a conundrum, right? <laughs> yeah. Or like a dilemma. Or because do we don't I have faith her... in institutions anymore. We don't yeah. know who's in the right. Well, or do I let her just like enjoy her freedom for, because yeah. they're, you know, like, like they're, they're going to find her. Exactly. But like, is she, it's not raining. It's not cold. She's, you know, just, she's in a wheelchair outside. Like maybe I just like let her be for a little while, you know? <laughs> um, so anyways, that was a, that was an intense moment for me. And I decided to not alert the nursing home folks that they like where she was. I just decided that the woman would be found and she looked okay and it seemed all good. Um, <laughs> anyways, I say this Here's all- Here's the thing that would haunt me though. I would be like f every day checking the obits just to make well, sure there was no- <laughs> That's why I set up the story with Ryan was five minutes behind me. Because <laughs> Did he turn her in? <laughs> no, he- Oh, okay. <laughs> huge like moral dilemma about it and then you decide to leave her be and then he's like she's right there yeah. no um he, but he five minutes behind sees her being um i want to say apprehended that's not the right word but sees her being mm -hmm. like like found found yes um so they had clearly within that interim found her and she was going to be okay. And so I was really glad to hear the end of that story, right? Like yeah, right. She did indeed get back to where she was supposed to be, hopefully, you know, something like that. Um, but I'm also glad that I did not, like that I gave her mm -hmm. at least a few more minutes. Right? Yeah. Oh, this is like <laughs> the beginning of Happy Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is. <laughs> 
Oh, Ben Stiller is like so mean in that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He's You're like, in my world now, Grandma. <laughs> Ugh. Anyways, so yeah, I've been mulling this over about like, did I do the right thing in that moment or? Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. yeah. It's That's really... tough to know. But I think like, I think having that assurance that like she was going to be found and she was indeed found, then I think you mm-hmm. can feel good about. Well, yeah, but if Giving like... those just a few more minutes. <laughs> if not, like if he hadn't been following me home, then I would not have an ending mm-hmm. to this story that was... Yeah, that that would haunt me. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> the next time I see your escape, I'm going to do the same thing you did to that dog where you just mouthed, like, so good to see you. So good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you've escaped once again. <laughs> Keep on trying. Keep on mm-hmm, trying. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the I dog's have... case, uh, or in her case, escaped a nursing home. In the dog's case, escaped death. <laughs> yeah. I'm just. I'm also, not I'm about listening, like, crushing ben dreams. Ben Stiller's career has really followed like a bell curve, right? Where he went from. He started off playing just these zany, crazy characters like Happy Gilmore or Jimmer. Okay, Jimmer Heavyweights. Wait, you, do you mean. Okay, zany characters in Happy Gilmore. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, heavyweights, definitely remember. Um, oh, love heavyweights, where he's that crazed, like, personal fitness guy. Yes. Um, and then he started playing, like, romantic leads and, like, straight guys. And now he's back with, like, you know, Dodgeball and Zoolander to playing, like, crazy mm-hmm. people again. Yeah. Hmm. He's versatile, man. That. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think he, he probably just wants a job. <laughs> yeah. I get that paycheck. But honestly, so, I mean, like, real talk, are you going to remember his performance in Zoolander, or are you going to remember it in, um, I don't know, um, the Royal Tenenbaums, Like, Reality Bites. Yeah, like, it's definitely going to be Zoolander. Who remembers, like, he's in Reality Bites? Nobody. Nobody, right? No one. Honestly, actually, when you brought up Ben Stiller, I was like, oh, right, I forgot about that guy. So I might not remember him for anything, (laughs) (laughs) if I'm being honest. I remember, but yeah, I mean, if I were to remember him for any one thing, it would be Zoolander. Yeah, yeah. Zoolander's the best. I love that movie. <laughs> oh, yay. Yay. Wow, 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 wow. That's a crazy story, though. I know. How have you been? What's going on in your life? Besides well, tatting uh, it up. Tatting it up. Ditched my friend and finally watched Haunting of Hill House. <laughs> I'm so glad you ditched your friend. I know. I'm proud of myself, too. I was like, you made the right pragmatic call. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Dude, like, I love that show. I have to say the last episode was kind of not great, though. Why? Why is it? Like, just because it... Well, it was not at all scary, and it was all just like... But you had to have narrative resolution. We had to have, like, a... that. It just felt like it rewrote... I guess spoilers, everyone. I guess it, like, rewrote the entirety of the series, though, because, like, for nine of the ten episodes, that house is pure evil, and it is a... it is intent on driving the destruction of any who enter it, right? And now um, it's a happy place. <laughs> yeah, and then at the end you're just like, oh no, it's actually a resting place for souls <laughs> to remain together forever. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, and there's like at least and like, I was like we're not 30 gonna... fucking ghosts in there now. <laughs> there are so many. When he's leaving, I was like, I'm glad we didn't get the backstory to all these ghosts. Like, right. I don't care about most of them. Well, like, just also, imagine like, like how many ghosts gonna... have to oh, now live with each other. Like... It's, it's I was thinking about to get that. Crowded, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, like there can only be so many bedrooms in that home. Yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, like, two ghosts are banging in one room, you know, and then, like, mm-hmm. another ghost is like, this used to be my room, and now you've turned it into your, like, bang hang. Like, what's going on here? You mm-hmm. know? Like, mm-hmm. a lot of conflict. I want to hear that story. I mean, because Carla Cugino died young. She essentially now looks like Timothy Hutton's trophy wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Though, doesn't he get to become young again when he dies? Like, that logic doesn't make any sense, but... No. He, doesn't he re-youngify? Oh, does he? Yeah. When he enters the room? I thought he yeah. was still old. Oh, I no, think I, I think missed he, that. No, I think he gets to... He youngifies? Yeah, he gets to be youngified. Um, also, okay, I was thinking about that, too. I do remember that because I was like, what's the, like, cosmic logic that decides on, like, what our optimal age is? Right. Because then he's probably, like, what, 35, 37? Like, this is the interview optimal with the age, vampire like 28? problem. This is Wait, Kirsten Dunst being mad about being a vampire and yeah, living in a I'd be pissed too if I was body. like 11. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. It's like who decides what the peak age is? Um Who decides? Yeah. I well, mean, that's I guess, different because that's like a legit frozen in time thing, right? It's like whenever you're bitten, you just stay that age. Well, a ghost is frozen too. But he's time. not because when he willingly elects to like kind of become a ghost or just live in the house, that's he why I'm saying young. that doesn't make sense in ghost logic world because like no, Abigail, right. Abigail remains oh, a like eight year old ghost, right? That like, was really upsetting. I didn't understand. Even oh, as it was happening, that she was a real live human being. I know. And when it finally hit me, I was just like, oh, that feels so awful to realize. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I thought that Clara was, like, making up the fact that she had a child. I thought she had, like, previous trauma and that she was just, like, you know, like, she had, yeah. she was lying, basically. But no, like, she's like, no, I, you know, homeschool my child. She has a child. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh. Annabeth Gish, her performance was all over the map. Because I was like, wait, one? are you the voice of reason? She's the the, the sort of groundskeeper's wife who like, yeah, attends Clara. to the home. Okay, Clara, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just like, yeah, like, are you supposed to be like the voice of reason who's like parsing out like nuggets of wisdom and advice as people are ready to hear them? Or are you like a crazy puritanical person? You know, <laughs> yeah. like it's tough to know. Yeah. Um, she's not mad. She's scared. That's what Theodora said. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, As she should know. Mm-hmm. Because Theodora. she's scared. They don't yeah. stay at that house at night. Yeah. Ugh. The other thing is, like, are we, at the end, the final shot we see of the mom, the dad, and Nell is, like, all of them. Also, Nell, like, even her smile looks like she's crying. Yeah. It's tough. Well, and in but, Ghost Logic, like, her husband did not die in Hill House, so therefore he can't be with her in the afterlife. Him again. Yeah. But one ghost was willing to pretend to be him, and I just think that's a service they should do for one another. <laughs> yeah. You know? Hey, Dad, will you pretend to be a different ghost today? <laughs> <laughs> my lover. Yeah. <laughs> but they all weird. hug. And then the door the red room door closes on them and I was like, are we really not gonna like have any insight into mom and Nell having to be like, you tricked me into hanging myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's kinda messed up, Mom. Um She's like, oh, well, oh that's bad. Obviously why we get season two. Like season two is gonna open with Nell being like, Alright, I have some questions. <laughs> Oh my god! I just wanted to be a crossover with In Treatment, where Gabriel Byrne is just like seating all the ghosts on his couch and having therapy sessions with them. Oh man! And that actor who plays Luke, Oliver Jackson, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so good, <laughs> so yummy. Like the more strung out, the better. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and 
also, I, I saw this on, on like a like a BuzzFeed article or something, but it was just like all the people who were claiming that they would kill um, for, like kill in order to save the child who plays Luke, like the Luke, the child Luke. Oh, that kid was so like, cute. <laughs> I the would lisp. kill for that kid. You'd kill, yeah. wait, what does that mean? Like, you to, know. To like ha- possess, to like, abduct no. him? Well, like, no, if, like if, um, you know, if there was a situation where, like, somebody was attacking that kid, I would, like, go and murder whoever. Like, just that, like, you love that kid so much that you oh, would kill yeah. them. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd like to think I would do that for any defenseless child. But <laughs> maybe not. God, I, no, you know what? Any plan I've been on with a kid who won't shut the fuck up, like, I don't see myself extending that charity. <laughs> So, maybe not. As we learn from planes, you put your own mask on first. Yes. That's right. <laughs> yep. When I see that happening, I first stop and go, wait, am I safe? <laughs> am I good? All right. Um, anyways, yeah. Oliver anyway. Jackson. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. My question, though, to you is, like, would you want that power if you could have it where you could touch people and just, like, intuit about them and their lives? No. No. Hmm. That sounds horrible. I'm on the fence. Yeah, no. No, because think about, like, any time you have sex with your partner and they're thinking about somebody else. (laughs) 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 Or any of that Okay, that was a question I had, too. I was like, is it just hands? Because, like... She's in contact with people in a multitude of ways and does not seem bothered. Yeah, like when she's having sex, it's like, oh, it's totally fine because my hands aren't touching. I've got my gloves on. Yeah. Like, well, well, wait. (laughs) Maybe a lot of the rest of your skin is touching. Yeah. But that's weird, like to think about having sex with gloves on too. Like Mm -hmm. that just doesn't sound. (laughs) I mean, try it first. See. Yeah, I can't say. You know, I can't. Don't knock it. Can't judge. Yeah, I don't know, but I would hate that power. Like, yeah, and like, I mean, what if you? Like, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, oh, you it's got just it. Like, I think that most. I I don't know why I don't invite this. I don't try to learn about other people. <laughs> it just sounds mean, but people tend to just want to confide in me, like <laughs> colleagues, acquaintances, strangers. So sure, I learn about people pretty easily without that power. So I, yeah. I feel like maybe it's also superfluous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people love talking about themselves. I, like, That's they true, just, too. Like, I've, we're in an Instagram era. Why are we trying to uh, pry, like, more than mm-hmm. through it's, the means we already have? And honestly, it's not going to be that interesting, right? It's it's not oh, ever... are so boring for the most part. <laughs> it's never going to be, like, I don't know. Yeah. Or it's rarely going to be like, wow, this person is really just multifaceted and all this stuff. Nah. They're I just know. Like, you like touch someone's arm and it's just like her being like, one time I, I made out with my best friend's boyfriend. And you're like, <laughs> oh, that, okay. If you touched like, my no arm, one's li- <laughs> it would just be like, I'm hungry. Pugs. <laughs> hungry. Pugs. Hungry. Shakespeare. Pugs. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Mine would just be me being like, ah. <laughs> Just continuously, just was that yeah, like just like blanket or, um, anxiety. Anxiety, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's also what orgasms sound like for me. I don't, so yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about that with the Tron scream. We were, yeah. <laughs> oh, memories. We talk, we talk about orgasm sounds a lot, so as I we guess should. So at least as once a season. Yeah, it's important. Um, 
Speaking of seasons, this is the last episode of our Shakespeare season. I know. I know. I'm a this little sad. This is like a rich season. I really like this one a lot. It's been a lot of fun because we've gone through a lot of different genres, even <laughs> yes. though it's under one umbrella genre, right? Like we've still mm-hmm. seen, you know, like, I don't know, biopic and tragedy, drama. You know, we've seen a lot of comedy. We've seen like straight up dra- uh, tragedy with Othello and all that stuff. So I'm into it. It's good. Yeah. Well, I think too, like our idea for teen 90s teen Shakespeare adaptations was like a very specific kind of movie, like a sort of boppy teen movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, we found cool ways to stretch it to talk yeah. about like the 90s Shakespeare adaptation or film that affected you as a teen, Shakespeare in Love, mm-hmm. and then movies that were technically 90s films <laughs> that had to do with Shakespeare and teens that did not fall into that sort of like implicit idea of what we were doing, like right. my own private Idaho and now um, Renaissance Man. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a it's a diverse field. That's what we're trying yeah. to say. Yeah, yeah, and it's. Um, Complex. A lot of, a lot of, yeah, moving parts. It's, uh, oh, you yeah. know. Yeah. We, we dug deep, though. We got, we got deep. all the hits. All the hits. Um, including. Yeah, I really challenged someone to, like, come up with one we missed. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's one. I mean, I'm. No, know. there are none. <laughs> there are none? Okay. We well, no, think got the know. one with Cisco in it, you know? Like. We got Cisco. We got Cisco. That film is out of print. <laughs> we, you subscribe to a Spanish streaming service just to watch it. I dug into the deep recesses of the internet <laughs> to get this film. So. Um, <laughs> anyways, so should we move to talk about Renaissance Man? Sure. Now? Okay, cool. Um. All right, so okay, off really our quick. Season. One thing that is driving me crazy before we start mm-hmm. is like two months ago on my phone, I was like, oh, I'm getting too many notifications. Like apps I don't care about are like giving me messages about things that are happening on that app, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm just gonna turn off all my notifications except for the ones I care about. For a single app on my phone, I didn't turn off all notifications, so it buzzes when something happens, but I don't get a message and it doesn't have that like red dot, so I don't know which it is. Oh, oh no. But it'll just like, every once in a while, like a couple times a day, my phone will buzz and then it'll be nothing. Oh, that I sucks. I have no idea, it's driving me insane. And then <laughs> I was <laughs> just hanging out with a bunch of people a couple weeks ago and my phone was sitting on the table and it buzzed and it was nothing. And I was like, ah, oh, this is the mystery app. And I was explaining to them and someone goes, no, you know what that is? I read about this. It's the phantom buzz. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, what? that's not what a phantom buzz is. And he's like, no, it's like, cause you're addicted to your cell phone. You start to crave Activity and so you imagine the buzz. And I was like, right, I understand what that is, no. but that's not what this is. No, no, no. And I was like, it was sitting on the coffee table. Like, we all heard it. <laughs> I'm not like manifesting this buzz. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious, though, that someone was like, you know what that is? Mm-hmm. I've got the real, like, the real ghost scoop. buzz. Ghost buzz. Um, which sounds a lot more exciting than, than it actually is, right? I would love to be texted by a ghost. Yeah, I would too. Um, I wonder what the ghost would say. Would it just be like... <laughs> you up? You <laughs> Stuck in this house, so bored, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Come to this house. Come over. <laughs> Come home. <laughs> uh, anyway, you know, I'm derailing of, us. 
Oh, yeah. Speaking of, like, ghosts and Halloween and stuff, I have the most boring Halloween planned because... I'm going to D.C. this weekend, which I'm excited about, but um, I'm taking, like, a a class that starts on Thursday, and so on Halloween night, I have to just drive to D.C. That's my, that's Mm. my Halloween. (laughs) Like, it's not exciting at all. It's not a Wednesday. Like, Halloween's going to be boring for most people, I think. Yeah. Like, this weekend was the big Halloween weekend, I think. Yeah, and I didn't Maybe people are doing things next weekend. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just like I'm skipping this holiday this year. It's fine. It was funny. So I have two office mates, right? One of, and so one of them was in here, and she had brought this like giant bag of candy, um, and she like as it was just us two here, she was like, "Oh, my class didn't eat all this candy. If you want some, feel free to take as much as you want." So then she leaves, and the other office mate comes in, and she has not been privy to this conversation. And so yeah. I walk over to the office mate's desk and just, like, start taking a shit ton of candy. <laughs> and it looks like I'm just, like, straight up stealing. <laughs> you know? like it, <laughs> There's, like, no explanation where I'm like, oh, she said I could have this candy. None of that. I'm just, like, taking. Like, <laughs> that candy was so and good, And we should though. clarify, too, that, like, Grad school is by and large an environment of a lot of social awkwardness where like no one will just laugh and call you out on that. Yeah. <laughs> it'll just go like silently acknowledged. <laughs> yeah. And then it'll just like two years later there'll be a rumor that like I mm-hmm. there was once You're a thief. You're a thief. You yeah. steal things. You're a kleptomaniac. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't be like that far from the truth, but you know. Like, I mean, I've stolen. I was I wasn't stealing the candy in the moment, you know? Um You know? You know? Anyways. <laughs> Um, so Renaissance man. <laughs> Renaissance man. Renaissance man. Okay, so obviously, love this movie on multiple fronts. I think <laughs> if you if you want to like, you know, associate me with like, let's say three films. The, the first one would obviously be Three Men and a Baby. Dirty Dancing. <laughs> the second one would be Dirty Dancing. <laughs> and I think the third one would have to be this movie. Okay, um, the great irony though of this title is that the title Renaissance Man refers neither to Shakespeare nor to Dane DeVito. Nope. Yep. That's what's beautiful <laughs> about it. it. Refers to Alberti, um, a Renaissance uh, artist and, you know, mechanic and things like that. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what's but that's what's cool about it. But it is yeah. about Shakespeare, kind of, because yeah. Dan DeVito is um, down in his luck, but he does have a master's from Princeton, and he... Okay, when did we learn this? Because this is a crucial piece of information I needed. Yeah, at the unemployment office. What was his master's in? That was unclear. That was okay. never stated. I when he said that, I just assumed he had an MBA. Okay. But then I, the whole time I was like, wait, how does he know so much about Shakespeare? He knows. I mean, he can, like, rattle off Romeo and Juliet. Like, obviously. Yeah, he did that whole, like, reciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So was the master's in literature? That is unclear. Yeah, very unclear. Um, this was also the time. I, you know, we talked about this before, but, like, 80s and 90s movies, if you were, like, a businessman, like, that sufficed. Like, no mm-hmm. one questioned beyond, like, what you could or couldn't do or what your specialty <laughs> was. And I wonder if it was the same for advanced degrees, where if, like, you had a master's, people would just then be like, oh, I guess they are smart about anything. Yeah. Uh, I miss those days. I wish we could go back to that, where people would just know. assume. Always scrutinized now. <laughs> yes. Um, so the other day, um, this is somewhat related, but uh, so... 
I was hanging out after my 105 class because I have a lot of students who just like to to chat, you know, that sort of thing. So there was like 10 of them still in there just hanging out with me. Um, and anyways, I was like, I don't like this weather. It hurts my bones. And they were like, <laughs> you're so funny. They're like, it can't hurt your bones. You're way too young for that. And I was like, I'm 31. And they just freaked out. They like... They thought I was 25. They like, mm-hmm. they lost yeah. it. They were That's like, real. no way. Like, how could you be 31? Like, And so post that event, I was thinking about it, and I was like, so there are different ways you could read that moment. Obviously, the first is like, I, I look young, and that's cool. Uh, but another way <laughs> you could read it. that is that um, I'm not very smart, so... It would make sense to not be very smart as a 25-year-old, but it's just more deplorable <laughs> if I am not this intelligent deplorable. and 31. <laughs> so, anyways. I don't um, think that's it. I think, I don't know, dude. I think that could be, that was lurking in the back of some of their minds. They were like, no. <laughs> She's this, like, disorganized. I don't know. Um, they're cool kids, though. I, like I still them. love the... You're just like rapping with your students about your bone pain. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, it's a classic Saved by the Bell scenario. I I try to, I try to really, you know, have them pity me as much as possible. Basically, Mm -hmm. you're like forget relevance, forget speaking (laughs) to their lives and the issues that concern them. Nope. Nope, I'm um, bringing it back to my generation, which is bone pain, which also is just made up. Like, I don't have bone pain, thankfully, but um, oh, I, I do. play up the, the old person in me. <laughs> Dude, I am always injured now. And if I get injured, no. it takes forever for an injury to go away. Oh, no. I was like, how does anyone over 30 work out? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've stopped uh. going to the gym because I'm, I just don't have time right now. So I'm pretty... <laughs> You're like I mean, unprinciple because yeah. of my bones. I'm low risk. Like I probably am like so susceptible to being hurt right now. Uh, but I have avoided it because I don't do anything. So there you go. <laughs> you uh, know, you do do. Oh, damn it. I didn't want to say do do. You do um, do. Is, I mean, you watch Renaissance Man. I do. Multiple times. Multiple times. Uh, because it has, of course, the man of my dreams. Danny DeVito. Uh, I wrote at one point, I forget where in the movie I wrote this note, but I just wrote, I'm fascinated by his physique. (laughs) It's on display, especially when he's climbing Mm -hmm. down the wall or he's repelling down the wall. It's truly, I've never seen another human being with that shape. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's just, you know, he's a little little bubble of of joy. That's that's all it is. so anyways, just to get back to what the movie's about, mm-hmm. yes. Dan DeVito, unemployed, he's in marketing, he's in New York City, uh, but he Oh, he's in New York or L.A.? I read that as New York, but maybe I'm just like, you know, I thought it was L.A. because of the blind. traffic. Oh, maybe. Maybe you're right. I'm, yeah. Oh, he is driving. Yeah, probably L.A. Um, and it was like a highway. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it wasn't just like a normal street. Yeah. Can I ask, though, how are we to understand this scene? Because, like, the scene opens, like, setting the scene for, like, why it's uh, just, it's it's like that necessary plot scene where we introduce Dan DeVito, he loses his job, and then he's put in a position where he needs a job, and so he'll be willing to take this sort of fish-out-of-water role. Mm -hmm. But... 
He's in marketing. He is stuck in traffic. Like literally, like he could have just gotten out of his car and like jogged <laughs> over to the building. Right. Um, he's so close, and so he decides to give this pitch presentation to their client over the phone. It's a huge client, and I couldn't understand where the failure came in. Is it the was the reason like the pitch went badly because he wasn't there or because the idea itself was bad? Uh, I think it's because he wasn't there. And what's interesting, like what I found so ludicrous, right, is that the the two clients, they're like, our plane leaves in five minutes or something. It's like, seriously, (laughs) you came into town for a business meeting. You you flew to L.A. for an in-person meeting and then scheduled the flight out. Like, like an hour later. Uh, yeah, like that doesn't make any sense at all. Also, like, good luck getting back to LAX that quickly. Right? It's not going to um, happen. Not even in the 90s. It's like, or, you know, it's definitely not going to happen. So anyways. Uh, yeah, I just like, and the other thing that was hilarious about that too is like it's early 90s and is that Ed Bigley Jr.? Yeah. Who's <laughs> like, we're going to try a little piece of futuristic technology here Cell and tech. put you on speakerphone. Yeah. <laughs> like, speakerphone is high tech in the 90s? Like, <laughs> maybe I'm confused, but, and then the, his boss was like flabbergasted by this. And he's like, a presentation over the phone? <gasps> it's like, How that's all we do you? anymore. <laughs> It's like uh, when I was riding through or driving through uh, West Virginia recently, all of their like um, road signs for their rest stops, right? Like the state sponsored rest stops have a sign on that says that they have fax machines. Uh, Uh, (laughs) Do they have business centers? They have like a little side room with like a fax and a payphone. (laughs) It's really cute. I'm not trying to knock West Virginia though, but like it is cute that they have West Virginia, we love you. Yes. I don't want to knock you. Keep doing you. (laughs) Um, Okay, so he loses this job, goes to unemployment, and um, that's where we learn that he has a master's, and I guess that makes him qualified to then teach at a military school. And And the one thing we also learn before he goes to military school is that he is divorced and has a daughter. Mm Mm-hmm. And his daughter's kind of brainy. She's really into astronomy and really badly wants to go to Mexico to see, what, an eclipse? Mm-hmm. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. He's on the phone with her in his apartment, and I wrote this note. Did you get a chance to, like, really put your eyes on that apartment? Oh, it's sad. It's sad, but also has, like, this narrow, narrow, unrailed staircase up to his, like, loft bed. And okay. it's just like, I'm concerned. <laughs> I worry about Dan DeVito on those stairs. <laughs> oh. um, and while he's at his house, he's listening to this message from like Bill from Renta Furniture. Oh, like, yeah. You've got to give us your money back. Or we're taking the furniture back because you haven't paid for so it. So much sass in that message, too. I know. It's like, he's like, clearly you like renting furniture, but you don't like paying for it. <laughs> or something like that. Yep. It's like, um, all right. Oh. <laughs> So, okay, and it's very unclear where this military school is. I guess it's like, like he, he clearly has to move because he has yeah, to like live on I the had. base. Um, he lives in this like shared house or something. <laughs> okay. Um, and when that uh, corporate or, or military person, I don't know his rank, was giving him a tour of that tiny, tiny apartment. Slow down. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Know. Wait, we have to say that this is James Remar. 
who is the sexiest man. <laughs> like, Wait, who is it? Yeah. James Remar, he's a... So he plays, like, the dad on so many different, like, shows. James Remar? Yeah. I'm going to look him up. I already, he, I, I already have no idea. I cannot remember what this guy looks like. He's got, he's got like, a gap in between his two front teeth. Um, he plays... Uh, like a love interest um, with Samantha on Sex and the City. He's Dexter's dad in Dexter. Uh, Dex- Dexter? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's just like the dad in like a thousand things and he's like the hottest dude. It's amazing. Forget, I'm sending you one of the, just via text, one of the first images that pops up. <laughs> okay. His name. Um, okay. Um, so that's the So sergeant. he's giving him a tour and yeah. this is my question. He. <laughs> Sorry. It's this really spare sort of apartment and you're going through and seeing everything and then it turns out it has a shared kitchen and that it's attached just via a swing door to someone else's apartment. Mm-hmm. And he's like scandalized by this. Dane DeVito <laughs> is. And the guy goes, James Remar goes, oh, it's like a minimalist. It's like Scandinavian or Swedish, like yeah. the Swedes do. And then Dane DeVito says... Yeah, that's why they keep like offing themselves. So that's why their suicide rate's so high. And I, I was like, like, I've never heard that. Are the Swedish known for having a high suicide rate? I've not heard that. I at thought all. they were one of the happiest nations in the world. Do you know what the Swedish are doing though? I heard about this the other day. Uh, what they are they, they are microchipping themselves like crazy. Have you heard this? I don't Just know. like they they are compulsively putting more and more microchips in They're themselves. They're putting microchips in their thumbs that unlock their houses and also whoa, have their debit whoa, cards whoa, whoa. in them. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. This is uh, this is scary to me because I think about this. Like if someone wants to rob you, then they take a knife and cut that out of your thumb. This and is scary terrifying. to me because I grew up on Left Behind, and I. You know. <laughs> it's a sign of the devil. Yeah, it's the mark of the beast. Nikolai Carpathia. Yes. <laughs> Um. <laughs> You're like, it's all there in the book. It's clearly very explicitly laid out. There's going to be a pilot and a stewardess. Yes. Um, anyways. And you know, her life wasn't great, but she turned it around and... <laughs> uh, Hattie, so, wasn't that her name? How do I remember Patty? this? Ugh, I hate yeah. myself for remembering this. I think it was Patty, yeah. Or Hattie with an H. Oh, it was. It was H-A-T-T-I. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Wait, so... what was my other question? Oh, my other thought, too, was like, this is... All right, pre-suite. <laughs> is that... I don't know if it's, like, just too much... Live, being poor for most of my life, adult life, and living in tiny shared apartments, but, like, I saw that place, and I was like, he gets that place to himself, like... <laughs> That's sweet. Like, Damn. I would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Like, no complaints. <laughs> well, except that he does have a complaint, which is that they do, like, midnight drills right uh, right outside it of was, his It was house. 4.30 in the morning. And I was like, <laughs> okay, this leads... I made a note about this because I was like, he really doesn't know that people in the Army get up that early. Yeah. And I feel like this is a larger film trope issue because I feel like every comedy... We'll talk more if this is actually a comedy, but every comedy that has to do with the military, the fish out of water person's always so shocked awake when everyone gets up so early. It's mm-hmm. like, haven't you seen an army movie though? <laughs> yeah. Like, it sucks to be in the, like, especially in boot camp, right? Like, it sucks mm-hmm. to be there. Um, well, yeah, and also, um, <laughs> like, they, they, <laughs> they mark him out as a civilian so, so strongly, right? 
first by like the students being like what the hell like they're giving us a civilian to teach us like how dare they Mm -hmm. i thought that was hilarious but then also um through his clothing like he's he's distinctly you know like he's wearing like hawaiian (laughs) shirts or like he's very like and they're not tucked in and like i don't know there was something about like his uh wardrobe choices (laughs) that i loved in this movie because it's like you know clearly he's there he's there as an outsider but then like his clothing and then like the language that they used to talk about him mark him even more so yeah (laughs) also before we get further into like him educating this group of students can we talk about what exactly he is trying to do because unclear (laughs) i could not for the life of me figure this out or connect this because the army is teaching him or the army is paying him to teach these kids how to think right (laughs) but then it was like when it was showing like uh, you know this is common right you see uh if we want to measure characters growth over the course of movies them doing the same activities over and over and getting incrementally better at it Mm -hmm. and the things they were struggling with were all purely physical things and so you're like well i don't (laughs) understand how making them smarter is going to make them better and if it's their intelligence, which is keeping them from, like, completing monkey bars, then, like, you have bigger problems. Yeah. Like, Shakespeare is not going to be able to help you. <laughs> like, they can't, apparently can't count. Um, so that, like, one of the the female character, um, she's, like... Stacy setting, Dash? Yes, Stacey. Um, setting, like, some bones or something. Or There's this moment where, like, they're learning how to, like, do, like, field med. Uh and they're like, two fingers, two. And it's like, so she misheard or misunderstood what two fingers meant? Sorry, that's, that came out wrong. No, but what did she do? <laughs> she I like, don't remember. She just, like, can't count. Like, at least at the beginning. <laughs> okay, I missed that. But still then, like, this class cannot help her. If that's if truly the case, if she can't count. <laughs> um, yeah. So I have to say, so, okay, this is going to now sound really insensitive now that you've just said that part, but I did not realize that. And another mm. question I had was, like, are they really that... They don't seem particularly dumb to me. No, I think, yeah, it's just, like, that they... Uh, that they have, like, just, like... They put, like, all the kids with, like, background issues. Yes. <laughs> it was more, like, emotional issues. Exactly. Right, right. And then it's I like, just kept thinking, like, well, the army is all about breaking down people's individuality, right? But intentionally, right? Because you have to adopt sort of group think. Like, I don't think they require you to be super smart. And I think the – I'm afraid to say more, actually. But <laughs> I yeah. But if I were to push the envelope, I would say <laughs> that I have had multiple family members in the army, and these kids didn't seem particularly less smart than them, and they yeah. did well. So It's like, um, we're just going to put two groups uh, in one room together, or like not two groups, but it's going to be like, what what would make this like just an interesting collection of misfits? It's going to be, you know, black students and white students. It's going to be... And more narcolepsy. And, and, you know, students from, like, urban centers. It's going to be, you know what I mean? It's just like, like, how can we create conflict that's, like, so very, you know, Mm -hmm. um, 90s movie conflict type of thing, right? And um, that seems to be the only real reason that they're in this class. And the Army has, like... Oh, go ahead. Well, like, they just have, like, no idea 
what to do with them. So it's like, <laughs> we're going to pay this guy to go into this classroom with you each day. Like, but there's no clear, like, what the, like, there, it's not even clear what the class is. Like, it's not a lit class. It's not well, a yeah, reading exactly. class. Exactly. What is it? Well, essentially, it's, it's like a reading comprehension and writing class. Maybe. But it was never clear, like, what that had to do with anything. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love it. I love uh, it. Okay. So they're in this classroom <laughs> together. I think there's, also, like, ten of them. Is that right? Like, eight or ten? There's eight or ten. Yeah. DADs, dumb as dog shit. Wasn't, yeah. like, the nick- that the nickname the that the D-D's, rest of the army gave to them? Double Ds or something dumb as Oh, yeah, yeah. Shit. Double Ds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, Not the dads. <laughs> Not DADs. And so, of course, like, uh, we have, like, Mark Wahlberg among the group, as, Dude, we, as we should. I didn't even bother to look at the rest of the cast list. I was like, oh, it's going to be Danny DeVito, and then a bunch of, like, no-name kid actors. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, shit, is that Stacey Dash? And then I was like, oh, my God, is that Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. <laughs> Marky Mark. Poor Stacey Dash, too. She is just, what a non-presence. Oh. Made no lasting impact on this movie. Oh, I like her. I mean... Did you even remember she was in it anytime she was off screen? No, but (laughs) but I do like her now that I remember her. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. I like her from her Clueless performance, so... This was a year before Clueless, I checked. Okay, okay. And many, many years before she became a a crazy public figure. Wait, I don't know this. She became a crazy... Yeah, just like in the last election cycle, she's a big Trump supporter. She decides no. she's going to try to run as like a right wing <gasps> politician in California and no for like Compton or something. And like, yeah, that is disturbing. I didn't know. Any she was of that. a Fox News anchor briefly. What? Yeah. What? Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. You should look this up. It's I'm wild. I'm going to. I didn't yeah. know any of this. <laughs> All right. Well, that changes things. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, anyways, so there's okay. So there's Mark Wahlberg, who's like the country kid. Um, mm-hmm. There's another country kid who's who's um, just asleep the all the time. Yeah, the ginger. Um, and then there's a third uh, white country kid who's obsessed with his father who died in Vietnam. Yeah, and so he is he's holding so strongly onto this sort of like heroic narrative around his father that I think mm-hmm. his mother had told him. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's telling him that it's not real, that his mom just made it up. Right. Um, then you've got, um, oh, you've got the, the New York kid that I love, where he's just like every, every sentence he says, he's like, and that's how we do it in New York. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he's um, just, it's like someone who's never been to New York wrote this character. Exactly. He's like, yeah, all he does all day is just do like a Robert De Niro impressions. Exactly. He's just always quoting Raging Bull. <laughs> he literally like, does well, quote. Okay. Yeah. Uh, does it? Is it Raging Bully quotes? I think it is. Yeah. Um, so okay, and then you've got um, like the oh gosh, so you've got the former football player who. His, you know, like had an injury and so he can't play ball mm-hmm. anymore. He wants to get an education. He has, I think, the most interesting narrative or like justification for being in the in the army at all. Yeah. Um. Then let's see. Um. You've then got you have, like I love the kid who's just like you can't do that. It's against the rules. <laughs> He's just like constantly trolling. 
Mark Wahlberg and Dan DeVito. Yeah, I know. It, like when uh, when Dan DeVito writes oxymoron on the on the board, he's like, "You can't call me an oxymoron." He's like, "That's rude." Yeah. Also, like three of the five examples of oxymorons he gave were not oxymorons. <laughs> Dark victory, not an oxymoron. Military mm-hmm. intelligence, only as a joke. And then he goes, maybe we should end the class on a famous oxymoron. Parting is such sweet sorrow. You're like, mm, again, not an oxymoron. Stretching it, yep. Yeah. But, you know, he's teaching them something, even if it's incorrect. So. <laughs> yeah. That's um, true. So the whole, okay, so you've got this whole cast, right? And they are, you see like snapshots of them going through drills and then in the classroom. And at first, Dan DeVito's like, I don't know what to do with y'all. Like, just like write something or read something, you know, like just like the very basics. Um, But for no reason whatsoever, he is also sitting in front of the class reading Hamlet by himself. I have to be frank with you. That's not like the type okay. of book you pick up to just read for fun. You know, no, like that's I'm with not you. It. Also, you know, it was like, like a giant embellished hardback version. I, know. I was like, why were you carrying that around? I know, it makes zero sense, but he is reading Hamlet. And the students are like, well, what are you reading? And that's when we get the, like, he starts explaining the play and it sounds really, you know, exciting. And they decide to read it together, basically. Also, it seemed like he wasn't summarizing the play so much as he was summarizing the Ethan Hawke Hamlet. Because he's like, (laughs) Hamlet comes back from college for a funeral. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. Did you see too in that in that scene, Mark Wahlberg is just reading Guns magazine? Yes. (laughs) Which just cracked me up. Guns. Guns. Um, well, it's better than the New York kid who's reading an Archie comic and is mm-hmm. like, I don't understand. Everyone has a girl. Like, why does it? And then, oh, this actually made me laugh, though, um, when he's <laughs> like, I don't understand what this word shoppy is. Uh, Fair. <laughs> what is shoppy? <laughs> I loved that. Um, okay, so that's the kind of setup, right? And, of course, as you would expect in this film, um, or any like film with this type of narrative, the kids, gosh darn it, they learn something. Turns out they have promise and they are they are gonna pull themselves up by the bootstraps and they're gonna understand Hamlet. And at the same time, Dan DeVito is gonna revise his more abrasive understanding of the world and he too mm-hmm, is going to mm-hmm. be changed by this experience. Much like a little movie called Sister Act 2. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Just came out just one year before. I looked it up. Okay. All right. Uh, take it away. And I, okay. No, I don't actually have anything to say about that. Except okay. it was around this time where I just wrote, I wish I was watching Sister Act 2 instead. <laughs> but Why didn't you? Why didn't you then, you know, follow your dreams? Justification. Maybe but, we'll do a Whoopi Goldberg season. Um, but, like, why in that moment didn't you say, you know, okay, I'm going to take a break from this. And develop. Oh, because I had, I had a busy weekend. I had mere. I had like exactly two hours to watch a two-hour and eight-minute film. <laughs> okay. So, right. fair enough. Penny Marshall decided to make this film run over two hours long. That is a. It did strike me as a very as a longer like, movie necessarily than I remember. Yeah. Also, is this a comedy? I was. I... I felt confident I was going into a comedy, and there were signs 
and like the soundtrack indicated to me that I'd be watching a comedy. The the, and the just opening kept getting like more funky, and more funky. Yes, exactly. <laughs> bitty, and bitty, just kept getting more and more. <laughs> Part of the song. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know you're trying to make a really important point here, and I keep. It's not remotely in. important. Um. Um. I just don't think it was. It just got more and more serious. Yeah. You know, like I feel like the turning point, like one of the the heaviest moments in the film, is that. The, one of the characters in the class we didn't talk about in that first scene where they all have to write about why they joined the army and everyone gives their backstory as we learn about the football player, blah, blah, blah. He gives a backstory about his like younger sister being like shot. Yeah. In yeah. like a hit and run and killed. And then um, Danny DeVito is building a relationship with him, realizes he's a super talented, smart kid. And so he goes and says to one of the superiors, they're like, Look into this kid. Like he shouldn't be in boot camp. He should be like, have like a higher position. Like you should be using him more, um, you know, fully to his talents mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. He then gets arrested because it turns out he was charged with what selling crack cocaine, and so he fled by joining, changing his name and joining the army. Yeah. Which and so I don't he's think arrested. that should have happened. Like I don't think that that's possible. <laughs> like I feel like the army should check who is joining the army. A little bit more right, like carefully. if the army, yeah, like if if you if you got through their their all their checks once, why wouldn't you a second time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And does that yeah. mean I could just change my name and join the army? Like, that's wild. Yeah. I don't. Maybe not now. We're in the internet <laughs> age. Not with but, those microchips. If you're a Swedish mm-hmm, person. Not with those <laughs> Swedish thumb chips. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Right, um, and so you're just like, okay, this definitely isn't a comedy then if like we're piecing together the fact that this kid changed his identity to join the army because he was selling crack cocaine, probably out of severe hardships mm-hmm. tied to the fact that he was living in an area where his sister was gunned down. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. I mean... Like, it was funny-ish to see him go through the obstacle course. That's hilarious. That's a great moment. <laughs> but and, otherwise... And, like, his his beef with uh, the Sergeant Lou. Yeah. You know? like, yes. that's, that's solid. But maybe there is something to this. There is a, a sense of... I mean, there's, like, a deep sense of melancholy to this, um, the ultimate... Kind mm-hmm. of, it's like you can put these, you know, quote-unquote misfits in a room together, but that they're backstories, baggage, you know, the the things that society has, like, done to damage them can't be yes. fixed by reading Hamlet. Yes. Right? Is that, yes. the, is that where you're going with this kind and of thing? And they like, can be improved or enriched by having enriched. Enriched? Enriched. <laughs> I like it. Enriched by, by having someone, like, invest in them and believe in them and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. It's also... Uh, I've been reading yeah. a lot of Octavia Butler lately, so I just have like a deep pessimism being instilled oh, yeah. As you should. <laughs> um, in everything. So, um, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Like, are we supposed to walk away being a, a little bit more skeptical of this like oh, campy? Oh, I don't even mean that we have to think of it as like tragic or cynical. I just mean it's not funny. Like, I went in thinking it was going to be a, like more of a fish out of water comedy, and it ended up being more of like a drama with yeah. some light comedic elements. I mean, I think those comedic elements 
are hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm willing to concede that that the it's not just yeah, it's not like just a goofy goofy happy comedy. Yeah. Yeah. No. Also, how well is he being paid by the army? That is... You talked about plot arcs a second ago, and part of the arc of his plot is that he goes to the army and becomes a less abrasive person and comes to like people more, but he also then gets the money to not only pay for a trip for his daughter to go to Mexico, but buys her like a brand new telescope. Yeah. I couldn't um, wrap my mind around that. But he's also like going to job interviews for other jobs. Right. And is he still paying for his apartment in LA? Probably not. Someone else is navigating those stairs? Yes. There's another <laughs> and there's another hapless soul <laughs> that you have to worry about who then dies in that apartment, becomes a ghost, and has to follow then the new ghost logic of mm-hmm. what age and you are. And how old do they become? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Maybe the ghost logic is like if you have a relationship with someone, then you can change your age to match their relationship so it's not oogie. But if you That's don't... Interesting. Wait, but what if that your closest relationship was like a childhood friendship and then that child died? Do you they, then have to become a child? Yeah. That that's the question. Don't like that. That's that's the Chronicles of uh, Narnia question too that we we posed also. <laughs> they, like, if you experience... fuck as an adult and then become a child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you have this lifetime of experiences. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know where I was going with that either, but I like it. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, there's not a lot of substance to this movie, so I feel like we've covered it. it just to say that like, I find it to be fabulous and a fun way to talk about mm-hmm. Shakespeare. Uh, there's not actually a lot of Shakespeare in the movie. <laughs> well, okay, um, so this was a question I had. Like, I, I kind of lost the thread a little bit. So most of the movie, they're just doing Hamlet. Mm-hmm. Then he takes them. <laughs> I was like, why are they going to Canada? But they're all piled in a van, and they cross the border because they're going to Canada because Dan DeVita says this is the closest theater. Um, at which point I remembered, wait, Katie did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> You did impulsively drive to Canada once to see a Shakespearean play, right? No, it was a medieval play. Um, So, but like similar impulse, right? Um, Yeah, it was like a Friday afternoon and the play was on Saturday. So I like texted Ryan and I was like, can we go to Canada tonight? And he was like, yep. And we (laughs) did. And it was, we drove through a blizzard and almost died. Um, (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Makes me nervous. But you made it. I'm so glad you did. Yeah. But yeah, they're going to see like I forget if they see Richard III or one of the Henry plays, but it's mm-hmm. a really like war-heavy play, right? And they're right. affected by that. And then the guy who is now in prison is reading Othello, and so I was trying to get a sense of like, did they go through a whole curriculum or was it a religious Hamlet that they read in class? I think it was like now they can read Shakespeare, like now <laughs> they've like they've got Hamlet down, and so now they can go on their own and interpret his many other works. I also thought, too, like, uh, that theater scene, I feel like this happens all the time in movies, and I feel so torn every time, because they're talking, because they're like, oh my gosh, it's this, and they make a connection back to something they talked about in the class, mm-hmm. and, and like, they're Shh. so filled with joy. Yeah, no, people in front turn around and are like, shh, 
<laughs> and then they like heckle those like snooty theater goers mm-hmm. and I love that they heckle them but I also know deep down that I'd be like super annoyed if someone yeah. was talking <laughs> so. me too me too <laughs> <laughs> yeah and no. so there are like a bunch of random little things that happen towards the end so Danny DeVito starts dating someone named Marie sure um she is like the colonel in charge of like giving out personal information or something like that. So she's like the guardian of the documents. Mm-hmm. And she basically, in telling him, shooting him down and being like, no, you're not allowed to see these, they start a flirtation where she starts making like eyes at him. And <laughs> this is like truly one of my favorite scenes. So <clears throat> that's it. They make eyes at each other. And then all of a sudden they're dating. And on their date, they're at like a McDonald's together. <laughs> and her as uh, it's someone's sister shoot i wish i could remember maybe you can remember but comes to give him information that he's been looking for for like half the movie and then he's like oh thank you so much and rushes out and so then maria's sitting at mcdonald's oh and he kisses maria as he leaves so maria's sitting there at their table and then this woman who delivers the information is and the woman turns to maria and goes uh looks like things went well <laughs> and i just like you're sitting in like a dimly lit mcdonald's on a date like discussing someone's like personal childhood files like what about that went well (laughs) yeah i i don't have any uh answer to that one at all i'm sorry that's okay (laughs) it's strange yeah looks like like, i don't like this um Maybe it's just so, like one yeah, of those awkward like, things people say just to like fill the fill the silence. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So you two are. Uh... <laughs> but the only other like non-plot point, like this becomes a super dramatic scene at the end, is like that he decides he's going to give them a final for this course, mm-hmm. and which is unfair. <laughs> Gre- <laughs> like I'm not about that. Gregory Hines then corners him is like you need to understand that tests are like i think it was gregory hines says this like tests aren't a are a big deal here in the army if you fail a test you get kicked out so you can't mandate a test because we can't risk anyone getting kicked out and then he's like well i'm doing it anyway and i just thought like there are so many checks and balances here like within the system right like dan devito can read them and then decide to pass everyone yeah or he can write failed on a piece of paper and the army can just choose to not acknowledge it. Right. <laughs> right. I'm like, why are we making a big deal out of this? And then he like has the conversation with the students where he's like, so basically this is what the army said. If you take this and fail, you get kicked out. And then they're like, they're like so it. we can choose, we can choose not to take it. And he's like, well, I'm making you take it anyway or something like that. <laughs> and then it just goes away and then everyone's fine. Yeah. Well, everyone passes. Yeah. It's all good. And then the New York soldier gives this long soliloquy to Gregory Hines very dramatically in the rain and then I guess that's supposed to mean that like Gregory Hines then sees the value of the Shakespeare class yeah and then they all graduate yeah and that's why uh, we need Shakespeareans in our society <laughs> today obviously today change and the world tomorrow and 40 years from now if I'm still alive <laughs> Uh, <laughs> You're like, if I'm not alive, I don't give a fuck. I don't <laughs> like, care. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, that's the that's is, this is uh, what I do in microcosm. This is yeah, no, I exactly. want you to imagine my classroom as if I am Dan DeVito, and I'm just like, you know, the first few weeks I'm like, <laughs> write something, yes. 
And then I, then like the students are like, but what are you into? And I'm like, well, just so you know. Talking about bone pain. I like (laughs) That's what I'm into. I like being so curmudgeonly um, (laughs) that you are amazed that I'm not 62. Uh, And then the closing song was also confusing to me because it ends with like this sort of like kind of like Michael Jackson like Earth song We Are the World era kind of boppy hit that sounds kind of politicized and the lyrics are maybe one day we'll be united and our love won't be divided and I was like this was not a love story <laughs> I mean, and though we are at a military school like this wasn't really about war either <laughs> no um, I mean there's some love no there's not I don't know yeah. <laughs> no. it's Danny DeVito and Marie that's yeah. what it's about yeah um, oh, even like the Stacy Nash story, you know, where like there seems to be a flirtation. Unfortunately, he ends up in jail. So, oh, that was sad. Yeah, I Aww. was sad in that scene where he goes to jail. But then we find out at the end that he's being let out. Yeah, so he'll be okay, which was a relief. Yeah. Um, so let's think about like I don't know synthesizing this with like more of the season. So. It's kind of funny to bookend Shakespeare in Love and Renaissance Man because these are the two outliers in which, like, neither of them were necessarily an adaptation mm-hmm. or reimagining of a Shakespearean play. Right? So Shakespeare in Love, very loosely, you could say, was Romeo and Juliet because it's about staging Romeo and Juliet. And there is also, like, a love story where, like, they can't be together. But by and large, it's not really. There's no corollary, right, <laughs> that you you can think of. That would tie Renaissance Man to a Shakespeare play. Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that I can think of. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's great. Because um, I guess I'm just trying to think about like how to like put this, fit this in with the others because. A st- Again, like ostensibly, the the assumption or presumption of so many of the movies we watched is that like we are watching Hollywood in a moment in which they think that like if they can make Shakespeare sexy enough or do enough, connect enough dots, right? I.e., like casting teenage actors or placing these stories in high school, mm-hmm. that teens are going to be thrilled by Shakespeare plots, right? Um, or by Shakespeare, right? And this does not seem to be along those lines. This well, is actually has so, almost more of an antiquated view of just like, well, reading the classics or reading the canon is this sort of like just inescapably humanist project that will always enrich people or something like mm-hmm. that. Like this feels that like an argument, the, like the title, right? That like it's not like Shakespeare in the Army or something, but Renaissance Man, which suggests a kind of you know, facility with different types of discourses and and forms of knowledge. And so maybe it's, Mm. though I actually don't think that the film is making that sophisticated of an argument. I think it's just like, (laughs) honestly, let's capitalize on this. Um, The fact that indeed Shakespeare is hot at the moment, right? That there is this renewed attention to adaptation and to um, access to his works, right? Uh, And like, let's just like have somewhat fun with that um it's also like this is also the time where there's a lot of military movies going on i'm thinking of like major pain major Um, pain i was just thinking that (laughs) you know like there's this like kind of like Uh, gi jane yes like there's this like 90s like let's like see what the the army's really like these days um Mm -hmm. 
so maybe that's part of it too. I don't know. I don't. Uh, that's yeah. so smart. Yeah, like I would love to make more sense about like why we're seeing that '90s like spike in military movies. Mm-hmm. It's like a response hmm. to the the late '70s one with the, you know, obviously like the Vietnam movies, right? But like, um, this like this yeah, but they're all like so theater. apolitical, which yeah. is so interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's the 90s, though, right? Where everything does feel, like, more inconsequential. Because mm-hmm. it's such, like, a comfortable, like, affluent time. Yeah. For, I mean, for people, who, for the people who are making movies. Right. And going to movies. And I now mean, maybe it's that's just another like... interesting point, too. It's, like, you talked about, like, yeah, <laughs> different story now. Um, like, 10 Things I Hate About You and a lot of the teen comedies. Like, we're watching a bunch of, like, really privileged, like, white teens mm-hmm. who are very affluent and living very comfortably and this is the first sort of like explicitly like classed film we watched right where these are all like characters from like lower working class backgrounds um, a lot of them are in the army because they don't have other options or mm-hmm. they don't think or realize they have other options even like the ginger who's like <laughs> I don't I truly don't know if he was supposed to be narcoleptic or just tired yeah but he like we find out like in that letter he gets from his brother that essentially like he's been living with his mom and stepdad and he was the one who was just like sub- who would submit to being beaten so it's like younger siblings wouldn't be hit yeah and now that he's gone like one of his siblings was like thrown down the stairs or something and like mm-hmm. dude that's a lot it's it's intense yeah um and so maybe that also contributes to the sense of you know pessimism or like you know, this isn't 10 things where it's like, ah, ha, ha, now we're all, like, coupled, and, you know, there's this, like... <laughs> I have a new guitar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's okay that you, you know, basically prostituted yourself to date me. It's all good. Uh, yeah, this is... This is um, you know, he did. Yeah. I he, didn't think about it like that. He did. He totally did. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I don't know, but um, it does seem like this movie is just kind of riffing off of this, like, you know, longer 90s tradition of Shakespeare as, you know, kind of under the ownership of a younger generation, I guess, right? Um, And then, like, how working-class students access that versus how upper-class students access that is is interesting. Yeah. It's also interesting, too, to think about this movie... Uh, like put in conversation with like the series of like white savior movies that we have as well right like Dangerous Minds or um, what's one like Hillary Swank Freedom Writers right where it's just like a white <laughs> teacher comes and like fixes everything yeah. where this one isn't doesn't fit like as firmly into the camp because Dan DeVito is a mess and it is uh, more of a diverse ish um, like classroom and things like that but there is something a little yeah. Maybe this is where some of your cynicism is coming from, is that the movie isn't necessarily doing the hard work of fully acknowledging the fact that, like... Let's just get a Princeton the, grad to come in. White Princeton grad, right? To Well, and then even for these, the people, the, the double Ds, like, this is by and large what he's given them is joy and appreciation of literature, but also this is a temporary respite. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, this is no way a guarantee that their lives are going to change, mm-hmm. right? And that they're not going to leave boot camp and have to go back to, you know, a lot of the difficulties they left behind when they came to boot camp. Or go to war, right? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, right. We're like, what, two or three years from uh, 9-11 at this point, you know, or- you know, well, this is 94, like, yeah. Oh, no, so you're right. Like, five or six years. Yeah. Those were all young kids. Like, they'd probably still be eligible. 
<laughs> just to put a really dark spin on it. But um, Damn. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, I don't know. But then again, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's a little rough. Interesting. Man, you've changed the way I think of this movie. So oh, no. Damn it. <laughs> damn it. All right, well, that. Well, uh, if it makes you feel any better, that means, like, retroactively, I also have to revise Sister Act 2 because they had a great, they won the contest at the end. Doesn't mean their lives are getting better. <laughs> yeah. It just means that, like, Lauren Hill's mom, Lauren Hill's mom will now let her sing. <laughs> that's it. Well, I mean, that's progress, though. There's a, there's yeah. a tiny step forward. <laughs> tiny step forward. No, but that's the thing is, like, in that movie, we're supposed to see that mom is villainous because she's like, your father tried to make a career singing. You know what happened to him? He didn't make any money. He died young. And you're it's like, like, you know what? It's like the dad from like... Freaks and Geeks. <laughs> yeah. You know what like, happened it's to also her? Just like, she died. She died. <laughs> It's like economically sound though. It's like, yeah, maybe get a degree in like computer science and also try and sing. <laughs> like, like she's not all wrong. Yeah. There could be options. Right. <laughs> You're just like that bitch of a mom will let her just devote her life entirely to singing. <laughs> anyway. Sam, what are yeah. you obsessed with this week? Uh, I think it's Halloween. I, you know how much I love horror movies. I love Halloweeny things. Um, weenie. I, weenie. I said doo-doo and weenie this episode. <laughs> it's not great. Um, I have not yet been out to see the new Halloween. I cannot wait to see it. And it's driving really? me crazy. I just truly, I have not had any time. I want to. In fact, I might try and convince, I'm supposed to grab dinner with a friend of mine tonight. I might try and convince him to like impulsively go see it. <laughs> Um, but what has been holding me over between eventually seeing Halloween and finishing Haunting of Hill House is the <laughs> Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Oh, that came Netflix. out. Yeah. Is it good? I'm only like two episodes in. Mm, hard to say. It's a <laughs> lot of fun, though. I watched, I just watched them like one really late last night and then like one this morning when I didn't want to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. And it's fun enough and creepy enough that I'm really enjoying it, even if... I feel like at any second is threatening to go off the rails. <laughs> um, okay, I, I'm i curious about, about that one. I might check that one out. Because um, I am feeling the, like, uh, done with Haunting of Hill House, like the melancholy of, like, oh, what do I watch mm-hmm. now? All that sort of thing. Right. Uh, so this week I am um, obsessed with Octavia Butler. I, like, I feel ashamed to admit this. I've never read Kindred. And so oh, I started right. that, yeah, um, yesterday. So I'm getting back to reading a little bit for fun, but um, it's just so hard right now, just with time and everything. Um, yeah. But I am trying to get back into reading for fun, and I've never read Kindred, so I started that, and that's what I am currently obsessed with. Do you know it was turned into a graphic novel a couple of years ago? I heard that, like a good one. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I will probably check that out post reading the the book oh, itself. Tell me if it's good. I okay. have not read the the graphic novel. Definitely cool. All right. Well, hey. I feel like you should do the honors of announcing what our next season is about. Because <laughs> <laughs> we this came up in an earlier season. We said if we ever took this subject as a season, it would have to be when you felt ready because it's one that's very, very close to you. Closer, I would say, than Dan DeVito. I would say, I would risk, you know, claiming mm-hmm. that even closer to my heart than Dan DeVito is Patrick Swayze. 
Uh, uh, the heartthrob. Speaking of tooth gap, we've got another tooth gap man here. Um, so, and you know what that means according to medieval um, physiology, mm-hmm. of course. So, um, of course you know. Uh, anyways. The wife of Beth. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, Patrick Swayze for next season. And we're going to cover all the hits, all the Swayze hits. Mm-hmm. And there's a Dude, lot. So we're actually, I started I should trying to put together a list. Up. There are, I did not realize, or I just didn't do the math on like how many huge movies he's been in. Yeah. We're going to have to be selective on this one, actually, because there's there's way too many for us to cover like the big ones. But we will certainly do, Maybe we'll certainly we'll just, do Roadhouse. We'll just do an episode by episode recap of um, North and South. <laughs> when he's Ori. When yeah. he's Ori. <laughs> I love it. Um, uh, all right. Well, it's Halloween, so of course, Billy Zane, if you as a ghost are in Hill House also, um, let us know. Let us know how crowded it is. I hope you is. found some personal space. Yeah, yeah. I hope it's not too cramped. Yeah, exactly. Um, good luck with that, Billy Zane. Yeah. Did she do? Yeah. You do you, ghost. <laughs> Uh, Sounded like an insult. Right. Ghost. Ghost? <laughs> Yo. Yo, listen. Ghost. All okay. right. See you next week. Bye. Bye.